Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. Uh, and this is episode 242 now. And my name is Alex and I'm joined again by Rob over Skype. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Hello, folks. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all. You're sitting in your kitchen, I think, there? It is. It's my kitchen, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, looking very kitchen-like. Right. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm being nosy and I'm wondering what those boxes say. are on top of your cupboards. Boxes? But, uh, oh, yeah. there's a few things. Um, there's a, a Breville um, smoothie maker. We have a, a, a Dolce Gusto machine up there. What's uh, that? And, uh, What's a Dolce, Dolce Gusto? What's it's um, a coffee machine. You get buy these pods that you put in. Do you like? Do you use um, it? I do actually. I used it this morning. Yeah. I mean, the coffee is very middle of the road, but um, is it like it, serv- service station coffee? No, it's a, it's slightly better than that. It's decent quality. It's decent quality, but it's just not. Say, if you were to sort of see, I've also got a cafetiere. I, I realise I'm sounding very middle class at this point in time, yeah. but I do like do like my own coffee. So at the moment, I've got a lovely Costa Rican blend. I've also got a lovely Ethiopian blend. Um, but then compared to the coffee machine, it's a lot simpler and a lot quicker. Um, do you, um, was an espresso above your price range? Uh, you have to ask Sarah. She, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm not a coffee drinker. <laughs> I'm, I'm making it up as I go along. Rob. There's, a, there's also a cat fountain up there as well. If, if you're interested. A cat fountain. Yeah. It, it's a water fountain for cats. Why does your cat need a water fountain? To drink cats? out of. Not, it's not a feature for the, for the cats. So oh, the, cat, right. it's the cats drink out of. <laughs> they don't congregate around it in the plaza outside that you built for them, you know. No, as much as I try to encourage that, no, sadly not. Right, Rob. Have you got any news? Yes. I have, yeah. I just wanted to, uh, to thank Shay, actually. He's actually left us a review on Facebook. Ah, okay. What did he say? So, yeah, another five-star review, I'm delighted to say. And he just says, uh, the funniest thing to listen to since my mate and I did body farts on a wet marble plinth at a, tw- a Turkish bath. So, high praise indeed, then. Yeah. Have you ever had a Turkish bath? Uh, no, what is it? Turkish bath. I had one um, in Uladeniz a few years back. And um, uh, basically, you, you get washed vigorously by a quite a, a large, stocky, stocky Turkish man. Not in all cases, but that's what happened to me. What's, and um, right. so usually it involves a, 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 like pillowcases full of lather. Uh, and then um, they they scrub you vigorously. Why do you usually need to be scrubbed public. vigorously? Is it is it in the is it in the pursuit of exfoliation? I'm assuming. It is. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's quite a, an unusual experience. I must admit. It's not. I'm not sure it's something I would repeat. But it's um it's definitely something to cross off the old bucket list. Is it? Mm, no. Did he finish it off with a hand shandy? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, there's no happy ending like in Thailand. Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have very, any, very any other news, Rob? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. Right, okay, that's it. Is it? Can we? Should we crack on then with this podcast? Because we are recording. Please. We're recording today for the fastidious amongst you on July the 18th. At least it's cooled down slightly, Rob. Slightly. It has. I think it's supposed to pick up again, isn't it? Oh, don't. I don't know. But Rob, can I just say one thing we haven't mentioned is the World Cup. Of course. How did you feel about England going out? Well, you watched it, uh, I assume. It was disappointing. I, well, I thought we looked tired. Yeah, it was disappointing. But I mean, we are talking about a, a young and relatively inexperienced team. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, I don't mean to be harsh. And I think Craig, I, I follow Craig on Twitter and he made a very good point that when we actually came up against any decent opposition like Croatia and Belgium, we lost. Oh, and yeah. the other teams we were facing, you know, in terms of Panama, um, you we know, also we had very. Points. We also had very few shots. We also had very few chances on goal in open play. Very few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's very lots of work. There's lots of work to be done. But it was it was gutting though when it happened because it did look like we could get to the final. I mean, and I, I do think that Gareth Southgate is, is the right man in charge, and he seems a very humble. Um, oh, I like, I really like him. Yeah. Caring man. Yeah, I think I've got a lot of time for him. Right. Anyway, now we've got that out of the way, Rob. World Cup analysis. Uh, although I just want to say I was really upset that Croatia didn't win it after all that because it would have been amazing for a country with 4 million people to have won the World Cup I really didn't want France to win it again because they had one World Cup we've got one World Cup now they've got two I'm personally glad that France did win I've got a lot of time for the French um, and uh, I I welcomed their um, second invasion of the UK traitor right Rob 
let's get on with this then. I've got I've got a I've got a few stories knocking around here. I've got a few that have been sitting around on my inbox actually for a while. This one's from the fifth of July by Liam McKinnery, who seems to be the guy. He's like the new. What was the name of that? What was the name of that journalist who always got the the short, slightly comical stories? Oh God, Tom yeah. Bull something Simon Bull. Simon Bull, that sounds right. Yeah, he yeah. was definitely Bullsome. I think Liam McKinnery is the new Simon Bull because he gets all these like little, you know, slightly of a say comical stories. Um, right. And uh, his story here is from the news shopper. Irith woman complains of food poisoning after perfect kebab takeaway. Perfect kebab, I should say, is the name of the the uh, restaurant stroke eatery stroke whatever you want to call it kebab shop i guess i did wonder yeah a welling woman claims to endured rob a night of hell stuck on the toilet after ordering a takeaway last night that's how hot off the press new shop were on this rob <laughs> amy so as soon as she stopped vomiting and shitting herself she yeah. called the local paper as you do amy frodsham yeah, amy frodsham 36 ordered from perfect kebab in lingsfield crescent falconwood i kind of say i like that name falconwood yeah, that, again, that sounds like that should be one of our characters. Yeah, like, um, hang on. But it Julius, has to be no, Julius Falconwood. Do you know why I stand corrected? You're absolutely spot on. Where do you me. get Julius from? I don't know. I'm trying to remember what Julius. our other names were. All I have to put into my notes is Raptor. Julius and I get Falconwood. It. Here we go. Julius. Oh, my God. Written down, Rob. It looks absolutely stunning. We need do, to do, do, do something. Update with on the, do you want an update on these names? We've of course got, I do. This is from our new list. We've still got the old batch somewhere. Ron Devine, Raptor West, Mark and Benji House Passage, Roger Perturbance, Nick Bonehill. They're all in a band called Fecal Matter. Yeah. We've also got another couple of names here. Montague Throne and Julius Falconwood. I mean, that's just... There's something about that list that makes me so, so happy because it's just... A work of brilliance. Rob, I would like to change my name to Alexander Falconwood. Do you know, I would, I would support you in that decision. I mean, are, are you ever going to get a better surname than that? Anyway, she told New Shopper... Oh, by the way, this is after... Right, so this is key. Amy Frodsham ordered from Perfect Kebab in Falconwood after a long day at her child's sports day. She told New Shopper, I couldn't be bothered to cook because I was so tired. I wish I did now. Amy ordered the chicken sheesh and instantly regretted it. I only had one bit, she said. It was absolutely disgusting. I kept the rest. By quarter to nine, I was on the toilet. I was there all night. The sweat was pouring off me. I couldn't move. I was in complete agony. Hang on, Rob. I called mum. I phoned my mum because I was in so much pain. A few points here. First of all, you should only ever order a kebab after you've been drinking heavily. Second of all, why would you call it after a child's sports That's not true. I get a kebab a week and I don't drink heavily, as you know. Um, I get and that, but that isn't the sheesh. It's the cubes of chicken, so it's a lot healthier. That's, that's what I'm saying. Anything on on the, if it's off, <laughs> off the stick, exactly off the off the the the, the magical spinning stick of meat. Um, <laughs> There's our episode title. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and secondly, so she said she ate one bit of it and it was disgusting, and then kept the rest. Yeah, a lot of people what? Well, she also to send in pictures to the new shopper. I have to say. It really doesn't look that great. Um, the angry customer phoned the kebab shop, telling she had food poisoning. She added the geezer was just like, yeah, 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 and was really rude. Amy is contacting <laughs> the Environmental Sorry. Health Agency to get the food tested. The manager of Perfect Kebab denied the accusation and said nobody called to complain last night. So he's saying, Rob, she's lying. Comments. What I loved was, first comment, deleted. Second comment, deleted. Jim... <laughs> Jim198 said, could Amy keep her bowel movements to herself in future? And Truthkill says, lol, will just stick with a salad. And then Rough Rider writes a poem. I know this joint in Lingfield Crescent, the joint they often serve up ain't weed, it's roadkill pheasant. Not pleasant. They don't care what they serve you to get fat. What do you think happened to next door's cat? Deep fried puss say for your wonga. No wonder your colon is doing the conga. Wasted talent, Rob. I really am surprised. That, that's surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, somebody else pointed out here, is it possibly to do with her being at the sports day all day and like maybe you picked up something there? You know, right? Because you don't eat a tiny bit of meat and suddenly run to the loot. 
There was no time for it to digest, Rob. Somebody here says, no, Demon24 says, sounds like it could be a case of heat stroke to me if she's been at a child sports day for most of the day. Was she drinking enough? It's easy to point the blame at the kebab shop. I'm not saying it was that, but had she thought about that? A very valid point. Yeah. Um, okay, Rob. So that's news about one woman sitting up all night, shitting and vomiting after eating a kebab. I'm sure people wanted to know that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, okay, Rob, my next story is from the news shopper again, and it is by Emily Hennings, who I, I kind of have the feeling like she's new. She's been sent off to do this, yeah, this, this report. I haven't heard that name before. Rob, it's from the 17th of July. It's from yesterday, Rob. Toddler finds poo and a hedgehog in McDonald's player in Eltham. <laughs> Sorry, did you say poo in a hedgehog or yeah. poo and a hedgehog? And that friend of mine who I told you about recently, Ross Strawford, uh, he listens to this. And me and him, when we were much, much younger in our kind of late teens, used to drive on the weekend to Elton McDonald's, sit in the car park and eat a Big Mac. We didn't share it. We had one each and it was a Big Mac meal. But those were good times. I'm sure he remembers them and I'm sure he'll agree. He'll be distressed to hear this story, what's happened to Elton McDonald's. Alex, I just need to clarify. What did you say? Did you say poo in a hedgehog or poo and a hedgehog? Poo and a hedgehog, Rob. Right, okay, fair uh, okay, fair enough. An elder mum says a two-year-old found poo in a hedgehog in McDonald's soft play area. A woman <laughs> took a woman took to This Is Eltham, which must be some kind of message board or website, yesterday afternoon after she says her toddler found a disgusting mess in McDonald's at Yorkshire Grey Eltham. The elder mum said, just been to McDonald's, and my two-year-old found a hedgehog and a load of poo in the soft play area. Many couldn't work out how the hedgehog had got into the soft play area at all, and many were worried, Rob, about the hedgehog's well-being... A McDonald's spokesman yeah, said absolutely. Hygiene, and cleanliness, hygiene and cleanliness is of the utmost importance to us and as soon as a complaint was made to our Yorkshire Grey restaurant crew, an investigation took place. A hedgehog was found to have entered the player overnight. The RSPCA were called to remove it and the player has since been thoroughly cleaned. We'd like to reassure all customers that the restaurant and player is well looked after in terms of cleaning and maintenance at all times. New shopper Rob contacted the RSPCA, so they were able to get through on the phone because you know most people aren't able to. And it's now being taken. The hedgehog is now being taken care of at a local vet's. Now, my thing when I read this, Rob, is I just thought my two-year-old toddler found poo and a hedgehog in McDonald's soft play area. That sounds like a happy meal to me, <laughs> doesn't it? It's like the toy. It's like the things you get with a happy meal: six four McNuggets, chips, <laughs> a hedgehog, and some poo. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I'm Come on, McDonald's, so me from those coffers. <laughs> well, can I just ask though? Um, I, I, is this a compensation thing? I don't believe so. No, no, she she's not. She's anything. not trying to say well, that. She was only know, cont- her only Rob concern was the well-being of this hedgehog. Um, well, I love good for her. Then. I love Sid cups. There's some important questions to be asked here. Was all the poo from the hedgehog? Um, yeah. Romany 77 says it might have come from a parent. Have you any idea of that thought? Can you, Rob, imagine a parent squatting and shitting in the children's <laughs> soft play area of a McDonald's? Well, maybe if they had some sort of, you know, fear of hedgehogs. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. The parents saw the hedgehog, defecated, you know, actually, you know, through genuine fear and terror, saw themselves in the, in the soft play area and, uh, and you know, fled, fled the scene. <laughs> it's possible, Rob. Um, Somebody here picks the journalist, the new shopper, Emily, up on her grammar because she inserted a, uh, a rogue apostrophe in the word oh, it's that God. shouldn't have been there. And Timbo, 1955, says, don't worry, it was written by Emily, who must have been of an age where grammar and punctuation weren't taught at home in school. Perhaps a hedgehog is one of the band of species like the naughty dogs yesterday. Don't know what he's talking about there. Um, oh, right. She also spelt something wrong in that story as well. Poor Emily. She's new. You know, you can't expect a journalist, Rob, to know punch and grammar. grammar. They pick that up on the job. And I also, this is the new shopper. I mean, it's surprising that she has any sort of form of literacy. Yeah. Jippo uh, Joe. Yay. Says, yeah. do, do the hey, that, That's the wall. Yeah. Oh, you're right. The no, wall no, gets no, that. No, no, it's not the wall. It's Paul Earth who gets that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. Do the hedgehog come with large fries and a Diet Coke? I'm asking for a mate. That's Jibbo Joe. <laughs> Great comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Solari says, shock and horrors wildlife found in outdoor area. But it wasn't an outdoor area, was it? It was a soft play area outdoors or indoors? I, I don't think it's said, to be honest. No, if, it was, it, if it was indoors, if it's like a the, sort of like a... No, a it's inside. Pool. I've got it confirmed, Rob. Inside. 
then that is more shocking, Alex. I can yeah. understand her concern. Romany 77 says, it just shows the ignorance of parents that it was reported. Could one of them not have just removed the poo? Sad. So pleased for the hedgehog. A very prickly situation. Easily resolved. Hope this answer will suffice. And put your mind at rest. Sleep easy. Um, Alison Paul says, I found a wild animal which was in distress and possibly needed assistance inside a children's play area, inside a place that serves food. I alerted the staff and asked them to stop children using the area and to call the RSPCA. Not that sure why that would make me ignorant. So that seems to be the woman in question, Rob. Getting yeah, involved in the comments. I mean, that, that's a very slippery slope. Yeah. There's a lot of low lives in that comment section. And uh, last comment here, Andy Forty Two Wood says they found chicken and nuggets and beef in the burgers too. A full investigation has been initiated. <laughs> now, Rob, very good for my last story here. Are you on your email? Because I need to send you something, buddy. I can be. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Where, where's my mail gone? Hang on a minute, Rob. Right, I'm sending it to you now because it's very important, Rob, that you watch this with me. Or you watch it, more to the point, because I've seen it. Okay. Uh, right. Before you open the link, though, I'll tell you when to open the link, as as we normally do, Rob, because this is uh, we know this is an audio medium, and you're going to have to describe it. Um, but you, this is a story, Rob, I think right up your street, from the new shopper by Jessica Taylor. Don't recognise her either. Um, 15th of July, bizarre footage shows fights outside Poundland in Bromley, Rob. Okay. Uh, I don't think I need to say anything. I just want you to open the link and watch this that was posted on Twitter and describe for the listen. It's probably about 30 seconds long and it okay. is brilliant. Just waiting for the video to load now. Um, uh, the, 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 just, to so say, just to say, Rob, are you watching yep. it now? I am. Oh, Go my then. God. So there's two men fighting. Um, oh, my. He's just knocked him to the floor. And then a woman intervenes and throws what looks like a bag of compost at him. Uh, and then there's a, a man defending himself with a, a shopping basket. Um, oh, and she's picked up what looks like a crate of water. And uh, oh, come on, man, you have to focus on on the on the subjects. Yeah. So she. Oh, the, the woman in the hat now is is hitting the man with the uh, with basket, while the two men uh, <laughs> are now hitting themselves hitting each other with with another pair of baskets. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the most pathetic fights I've ever seen. Rob, this was in Bromley. <laughs> Could oh you God. stick that on Facebook, please? I can. Does, do we know what the fight was over? We have no idea. Um, a man oh, and woman... Shopping, apparently. Yeah, hit each other around the heads with shopping baskets. Um, I, it looks like it was happening in slow motion, that fight. I mean, there's something about the way the baskets would be. They were whacking them with the baskets. Kind of looked like they were drunk as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, the trouble is, it's very... Uh, as a weapon, the shopping basket is a very inaccurate weapon to use. And also, you, know, you really have to be careful of the way you're wielding it. Um, you know, I, in similar altercations that I've been involved in, I've, I know that it's very, very ineffectual. Well, there were some comments on Twitter. Dr. Dave Tox says, shoplifting Poundland. Some people have no ambition. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Chapman says, smashing the granny out of a shop worker doing his job while shouting I'm pregnant. Classy bird. I, like I didn't hear well. that. No, I didn't hear that. I had uh, my uh, oh, the Masang was off. Jonathan Smith says this is the most tragic thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's fair. Odette Latimer says, "Who needs Netflix or Sky when I have this?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> two potentially drunk people fight. Well, four actually, four potentially drunk people fighting outside the uh, pound world. Lenzo Tog says, "Can you please ensure your tag team cage fighters have matching coloured shirts so we can tell who's on what side?" Thanks. Yep. So I think it's a really good point. Uh... <laughs> Tom Burke says, classic Bromley. Um, Joseph Ross says, stay classy. And uh, James... <laughs> James Ilarkey, uh, I think referencing the fact that why would you shoplift from Poundland, said, it's like robbing a Zimbabwean bank. <laughs> <laughs> Suggesting that the things there are worthless. Brilliant comment. Yeah, and uh, absolutely true. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us after that smattering of strange stories to start us off with. Well, I must admit, the the strangeness is going to continue, um, especially after your your jibe last week about the fact that I don't do local news stories. I have two from the uh, from the Gloucestershire Live website. The Citizen. The Citizen. Um, my first story is by Connor Gogarty. Strange name. 
Um, Rob, no more strange than your name. No, I'd argue it is strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, oh, God. Bloody Can't hell. That scared the shit out of me. Two giant hairy legs have just appeared in front of the camera screen. I believe it is Rob's cat. That's Nibbler. I'm cat. looking up his ass right now, Rob. Am I looking that's up? That's not his right ass. Now? That's his front legs. Is it? No. Yeah, look. This is That's his head. I don't, yeah, okay, on. don't turn him around and show no, me. There, there. Okay. Nib- Nibbler's anyway. got a thing against me. No, get him out of the way. I want to be able to look at you. Yeah, hang on. Look at this. Yeah. Rob is... Rob is servile to his cat. You should see him gently moving him away, listeners. Who's the boss here? He's been asleep. He's tired. Oh, listen to this. Have you ever heard somebody pander and pamper? Move out the way. Listen to this. Oh, would you please mind? You're as scared of that cat as I was, Rob. Admit it. You're scared of him. Hang on. There we go. There we go. Okay, he's gone. Well, he's not gone. He's on the I would side love the to see anyway. Nibbler attack you on, on, on over Skype. That would be quite something. He wouldn't attack me. He might come back again. That's the only problem. Anyway, so uh, headline. That's Cheltenham for you. Baffled Nick Knowles sends out sandwich SOS in Gloucestershire. Nick Knowles. Nick uh, Knowles. I, I think this is the only story we've ever had regarding Nick Knowles, and I wish we'd have more. Do you want to tell our international listeners who Nick Knowles is? Nick Knowles is. Nick Knowles is a TV presenter who uh, is does he still around? Um, yeah. Right. Did you have you never seen um, DIY SOS? Uh, yes, I thought that must have finished by now because it was so. No, awful. that's still right. a thing. Did you also know he released an album last year? <laughs> a music album. Yeah. What kind of music is it? It's kind of rock. Is it good? It's very. <laughs> what do you mean? Is it good? Of course, it's not good. It's Nick Knowles doing a rock album. But uh, if you can find, so I would encourage you to listen to it. Um, I'm he's sorry, his quite... agent should be sacked. Anybody that let him do that was a complete imbecile. He's got quite... Um, I think there's a few covers on there, but he's got quite a, a husky voice, which may may appeal to a certain demographic. I don't know. I can imagine there's lots of sort of middle-aged upwards divorcees who bought that album. Women. Yeah, I think that's probably a, f- a, fair, uh, a fair assessment. Anyway, so TV presenter Nick... Oh, yeah, yeah, we'd covered who he was. TV presenter Nick Knowles was left perplexed after being refused a bacon sarnie in Cheltenham. <laughs> Maybe they didn't like his music. Possibly, possibly. Uh, the DIY SOS star was at a cafe in the spa town. Can I just check? He wasn't in a vegan foods. cafe, was he? Because that would be a good reason no. to refuse him. I'll have the bacon sandwich. No, you're not having that. This is a vegan cafe. There's <laughs> no meat here, mate. I'm All Nick right, Knowles, Rockstar. I'm Nick Knowles, Rockstar and TV presenter. Give me my bacon. Yeah, that's why you should fuck off. Anyway, um, when he had a bizarre exchange with the waiter, which he shared with his uh, 113,000 followers on Twitter, um, his tweet read, so his tweet reads, me in cafe in Cheltenham. Do you do bacon sandwiches? No, but we could do bacon, brie and cranberry. Can I just have bacon? No. <laughs> and then he just finished it by saying, British business. Why, why, to clap. why did they deny him that? It does suggest they're already pre-prepared. Some. Why would you not? Why, why do they care? He just wanted bacon in between two slices of bread. I like the idea that this, I mean, well, it goes on to say, but I think it said it's, it's an independent cafe. I'm just wondering if it's one of the kind of place where they just didn't want to, you know, if they just allowed one person to do it, they may get the, the you know, this, this flourish of customers just asking for bacon sandwiches, then, you know, a full English. And that's not the kind I, of cafe I, it is. Al. I see what you mean. It's kind of those artisan. Next, next kind of thing you know, someone's going to be asking for a chip butty. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, the conversation prompted plenty of guesswork about where Knowles had visited, with some suggesting the upmarket Montpellier district. But the presenter revealed he was an ind- independent cafe on the high street. Um, How about Nick Knowles just made it up because he was looking for some attention that day? Where's the evidence, Knowles? I don't know what you. I don't know what you're implying, Al. But this man has 113,000 followers. He's got DIY SOS, which is a big name on the BBC schedule, and he has his own album. <laughs> That's all I've got. What's uh, the name of album? I, hang, let me look up Nick Knowles' album. Yeah, yeah have a look at the review. I haven't seen the reviews, but I'll see what the reviews are like. Uh, one Twitter user wrote, that's Cheltenham for you, but um, but they could do a whole patty ten ways. I don't, I've no idea what a whole patty is. Um, another like claim to... Uh, Rob, it's called... Um, it's called Every Kind of People. I've got it here on Amazon. <laughs> right. Um, M. Wainwright says, quite awful. Quite the most awful CD I've ever bought, but so awful it's difficult not to listen to the whole thing. Right. Um, I'm trying to look. Great delivery, horrible songs. 
Um, Gavin Penn says, if you were shrunk down to the size of a pinhead and placed inside a dog turd, this is what you would hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, and uh, another Amazon customer says, I have lived a life full of trauma, Rob. However, it all pales in comparison to the time I spent listening to this album. I want my life back. Our lives are but the blink of an eye when you think about the lifespan on Earth. This album made me wish for the inevitable heat death of the universe. I wish the world had ended one of the times in that aw the awful tabloids that predicted it would. Then I would never have had to listen to this. I tried to give it away to a local charity shop, but they refused my donation and told me the children had been through enough and suffered enough. <laughs> what about my suffering? I tried to get rid of this, but it keeps coming back like a possessed toy in a terrible B-movie or one of our ghost stories, Rob. Yep, I fear yep. the only way I'll get rid of it is when I die and leave it to my worst enemy and my will. I've not felt this violated since Apple put that U2 album on my phone without asking me. They did do that. It was a mistake. I'm sorry to start a fundraiser for people. I'm going to start a fundraiser for people affected by this album. If any celebrities, not you, Nick, want to sing on the single, please get in touch. Amazing. There is part of me, and I don't think we can for legal reasons um, or in terms of you know uh, music copyright, but I'd, I'd love to play some on this, on this uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Is well, there any way we can make that happen? I don't think so, no. People can go off and listen to it themselves and, and yeah, make a judgment. Do... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so my, my second story from the Gloucestershire Live or The Citizen. The Citizen? Um, now, Alex, I know that you have um, a slightly... Don't mention any of my um, STIs, please. Were you okay. going to mention that? No, oh, no right. not okay. the slightest. Right. I was just saying occasionally you, ha you have quite Probably a... Probably wants to know it's gonorrhea and syphilis. Glad that's cleared up, although not in your case. <laughs> um, you shouldn't joke about it, Rob. I mean, it causes me a lot of distress, to be honest. I know it does. I know yeah. it does. And that's why I like to keep a safe distance from you. Um, I know. I was, I was saying in, in terms of your stomach, there's certain foods you can't eat. So I'm just, I'm just going to warn you now that this story gets disgusting quite quickly. Right, go on. I do have a delicate okay. stomach, listeners. It's true. So it's by the same reporter. It's by Connery again. And uh, the headline... Tesco customer disgusted and horrified by raw chicken hanging out a packet. Oh. Horrified, right? So, Gone horrified. The children shoppers lifted the lid on the shocking moment he actually accidentally touched raw chicken in Tesco's because of a half-open packet. Is this really the worst thing in the world? According to him, it is. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> the man who chose to remain anonymous. Again, why? What's he worried? Tesco are gonna <laughs> Tesco are gonna knock him off in the middle of the night. For touching their if I knock chicken. him off, I mean killing him. I don't mean a hand shandy. Around the back of the bins. Every little help. Um, <laughs> um, so he chose to remain anonymous. Anonymous was shopping in the Tesco Express in Queens Road around 11 a.m. today. Uh, I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know it's a bad habit of mine, but I just cannot now get the image out of my mind of like you know like vouchers in a newspaper from tesco you know spend 25 pounds this saturday one free wank <laughs> a free hand job with every ready meal yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair if the economy keeps going on the way it is that may well be a possibility <laughs> this is this is the uh, dystopia we are destined for rob you know it would be the case that someone's getting a blowjob and a big guy's in the hand. I mean, to be fair, you could get the whole gamut of sexual practices from the variety of different supermarkets. Yeah. I just imagine, though, that as there would be a finger at the anus. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't know. This um, is a good conversation. Which supermarkets would offer what? I think Lidl. What would Lidl offer? Lidl would offer something... I, don't I know. think it would be something strange and unique. Maybe maybe sucking sucking someone's toes, maybe? Yeah, maybe Something I think that, that might no be more Waitrose. I think that might be more Waitrose. I think Little would just be pure, really hard S and M, Rob. Do you think? I do. Yeah, maybe you're right. Or no, maybe that'd be Marks and Spencers. M and S, S and M. They do like to go the extra mile, so maybe yeah, maybe ball gag, you know, proper gimp outfit, that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so, Rob, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so this happened today, which was on the 16th of July, when the incident happened. He said, I entered Tesco's today full of excitement for the chicken penne meal I, I had planned for lunch. Full of excitement, eh? Chicken full penne was that? Is that chicken, chicken pasta? Right, okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and, and like a nice creamy sauce. Not uh, that kind of creamy. <laughs> Not that kind <laughs> As I've done many times before, I made a beeline for the meat aisle. Again, not a euphemism. Excited <laughs> to get my hands on some fresh chicken. Again, not a euphemism. <laughs> on a fresh, some fresh bird, yeah. 
Except this time, I literally got my hands on it. Slimy, raw meat poking out of the packet. Oh, right. So it should have been cooked. Is, it, is the chicken penne or pre-cooked chicken? This is, I don't know. I don't it know must if be. If you're going to... No, but even, Rob, any medi meal, that meat's going to be cooked already. It's not going to be raw. Well, the picture that's attached is a packet of raw meat. It's a packet of, yeah, it's a packet of raw meat that's ready to, yeah. he must be cooking it for himself. Which, you know, I can't, I, I, oh, I can't I anticipate that this man who was going to remain anonymous was basically buying ready meal, but maybe, you know, he can, he's got the ability to cook. Okay. Um, I picked up the packet of chicken breast filled with, uh, so I picked up the packet of chicken breast without seeing the sliver of fat hanging out of the half-open seal. But it was too late by the time the truth dawned. My thumb was on the chicken fat. I was disgusted and horrified. I dropped it like a hot potato, or rather like a chicken breast, and fled the shot like a bat out of hell. Penne forgotten. Rob, I think he is being sarcastic, isn't he? He's having a joke. Do you think he's having a dig at all the people who, who make these stupid complaints? Well, either way, I mean, the Gloucester Live was still reporting nonetheless. Yeah. Um, I thought Tesco was a tip-top retailer. This shocking experience made me think twice before <laughs> I don't know before before returning with my custom. Uh, a spokesman for the supermarket chain apologised for the customer's experience. He said, um, "We take great care to ensure that our products are of the highest quality, so we are sorry to hear about the incident. Once we are alerted to the damaged packaging, we moved the product from sale and cleaned the area. Fortunately, there's no comments on this story. We offered him a free hand job with his next shop." <laughs> <laughs> and he said he'll be back next week. <laughs> uh. All right, Rob. So I've got a story here from the uh, Telegraph, which is a British broadsheet for anyone who doesn't know. A proper paper, Rob. Yeah. By Patrick yeah. Sora, senior reporter. 63-year-old slashes swimming pool in neighbour dispute over children's noise and laughter. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, disputes between neighbours over noise are not uncommon, but a, but a rift in one, of, in one Dorset village was so bitter it culminated in a man sabotaging a children's swimming pool after growing fed up with the excited cries and laughter coming over the garden fence, Rob. Stephen Gree, 63, crept, Rob, into his neighbour's garden and cut a hole in the metal wall of the pool, causing 4,000 litres of water, Rob, to gush out. The retired engineer was only caught because his neighbour, a decorated army officer, so it's giving you a real picture of what's going on here down in the sub, down in, you know, this, this rural village in Dorset, had installed yep. a covert camera in the garden, capturing Mr G's nighttime raid. Who has a fucking covert camera in their garden? Can I just say, by the way, Mr. G's Nighttime Raid is a very good episode title oh as well. Oh, my God, Rob. It's... <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm trying to see if we can type with anything else, but Mr. Grease Nighttime... You know, Mr. Grease Nighttime Raid is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Mr. Grease Nighttime Swimming Pool Raid. We'll see. Let's we'll see if anything... Jason Little, who's the neighbour, whose pool in question was, was the slashed. one that was sabotaged... Yep. He won the military cross, Rob, for displaying inspirational leadership in the battle of Af in Afghanistan in 2008 and returned home after a few days with his wife, Avril, to find their pool empty and their garden flooded. A court heard yesterday that when Mr Little reviewed the video from his hidden CCTV camera, he saw his hooded neighbour tiptoeing up his garden path at 4.30 in the morning, past his... Um, I can never say so, hang on. Well, anyway, past his garden towards his pool. Mr G, a retired engineer, was then seen disappearing behind the 10 metre long pool for 16 seconds before re-emerging and sneaking back into his house. In an apparent attempt to cover up his tracks, he then left a note in the little porch explaining, Rob, how he had woken up in the night to the sound of flowing water and found their garden flooded. Clever. Genius. Just thought I should Genius. let you know. Paul Magistrates Court heard how the attack in June 2016 was the culmination, Rob, of a four year dispute between the two neighbours over the noise made when the Little's two daughters, then aged eight and ten, used the pool, Rob. Oh, my God, seriously? Although the oval swimming pool was already in place when Mr Little and his wife moved into their large detached house in the village of Puxy in 2012, Mr G quickly took offence at their children using it. Mr Little, 46, told the court, whenever they used the swimming pool, they shouted over... I sh Whenever they used a swimming pool, they shouted over the fence at them and would play loud music and stare at them. Before we had CCTV, 
things. Hang on a minute. Mr. Little is Mr. Little is the guy who owns the pool, right? Yeah, it is. Whenever yeah, yeah. they used the swimming pool, as in the kids, Mr. G would shout over the fence at them and would play loud music and stare at them. Before we had CCTV, things happened to the swimming pool that I couldn't explain. So we had cameras installed to the rear of the property. Now, that phrase there, Rob, things happened to the swimming pool that couldn't be explained. So this is way before it was slashed. In my mind, the only thing which could happen to a swimming pool which couldn't be explained is shit in the pool. Yeah, I was thinking shit, maybe a hedgehog. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just me. This man seems like a very, very bitter individual. Yeah. He said his children had not yet used the pool that summer, but he'd carried out maintenance so they could do so. And that he checked the pool before he left for the weekend and the water level was full. There was no leak. PC Charlotte Goddard told the court that the wall of the pool looked as if it had been hit with something heavy and the cut was wider at one end, suggesting it had been struck Rob with an axe blade or similar. She said the CCTV footage appeared to show Mr G carrying something heavy in his right hand as he approached the pool. Mr G, who's worked in the aviation industry for 25 years, pleaded not guilty to criminal damage, claiming that he'd been woken up by his dog barking and had gone out to investigate when he noticed his garden was flooded. He claimed the pool was dilapidated and suggested it emptied after an old tear finally split. This is even with the CCTV footage in front of him, Rob. Finding Mr G guilty, District Judge Stephen Nichols said that Mr G's evidence, Rob, lacked consistency and logic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's quite a damning indictment, really. Uh, he was fined £500 in order to pay £650 prosecution cost and a £250 compensation to Mr Little. Judge Nichols also issued a restraining order banning Mr G from contacting the Littles for five years. Hang on, he's his next door neighbour? Yep. Can't have any contact so, with him for five years. Does that mean that Mr Little is now... Legally entitled to like shout things at Mr G over the fence, you know, get up on a get up on a you know just a step ladder, say just just shout obscenities at Mr G. Mr G can't you say poor anything. Slash wanker. <laughs> Mr G can't say anything back. Speak I must admit, if it, if it was me, I would exploit that for the next five years. You know, yeah. early in the morning just shouting obscenities over his fence. Speaking after the case, Mr Little said he threatened my children and tried to tell them they were not allowed to use their own garden and said many times they were going to force us to leave. I'm just relieved the judge gave him a straining order and he won't be able to make nasty comments to my family anymore. I'm surprised this Mr G fucked with a guy who had commanded a, a battle in Afghanistan. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because I mean, there's a strong possibility he might just wake up. Well, if you, I said, say, I would never have said that phrase. You wake up dead. I mean, if you're, not, if you're dead, you're not going to wake up. But no. that, could, that could have happened in this situation. Could have done. Although, Rob, you are um, now dismerching the name of Mr. Little, who's already been through enough by arguing somehow that he may be prone to murder. I did say he could do that. I didn't say he had. Right. And, and the likelihood would be very unlikely because he's now retired, I believe, and a law-abiding citizen. Okay, Rob. I believe it's time. Killer. Uh, I believe. <laughs> I you know, once a train killer, always a train killer. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Can we move on now to our listener story of the week? Absolutely. So this week is from Helen. Um, and it's Whose from... name you still say weird. Hel you basically, Helen. You, you basically say H-E-L-I-N. Helen. Helen. Hel Whereas I say I Helen. N. Hell. Say me that you did in the first bit, doing the Helen. second bit. Helen. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> this really winds me anyway, up when I mention it. it's from Helen. It's from the Plymouth Live website. It's by Charlotte Gosling. Thank you, Helen, for sending a story. And we're so, I apologise that Rob keeps mispronouncing your name. <sighs> I'm not sure. She, you know, I, I, she's never mentioned it, so... She's anyway. too polite, Rob. She uh, thinks you've got a speech impediment. Right. <laughs> so the story's from the 9th of July. <laughs> and the headline... Postman bullied by violent seagull has vendetta against only him. I'm glad. I'm glad you took a gulp just as I read the headline. Uh, thankfully, I managed to swallow it. The water. Say that again, Rob. Postman bullied by violent seagull. <laughs> bullied. Has vendetta against only him. He says this, the seagull's got a vendetta against him. As, as, as Helen said, this postman is literally being targeted by it, a seagull. It's possible. Anything is possible. It's not a drunk seagull, is it? Like after last week. Doesn't, no, it doesn't suggest that. Right. So one devoted postman has been attacked by the same vicious seagull so many times that it's been taken off his particular round. Can you imagine? Like he's traumatised. He's got PTSD. Rob. He wakes up in the night <laughs> waving at an imaginary bird. Get off me, you gull! Um, 
Again, there's no name, so I think this guy wants to remain anonymous. Why doesn't he? Well, he doesn't want the other seagulls coming and pecking his brains out in his sleep. Exactly, yeah. We're reading all the discarded newspapers on, on, the, on the, uh, the front in Plymouth. Yep. Um, a collections driver of 10 years who Royal Mail have prevented... Um, oh, sorry, who Royal Mail have been prevented from, from uh, naming has been dive-bombed by an angry seagull <laughs> every day for the last four weeks and said it's left him feeling scared and vulnerable. Sorry, is this man carrying something in his pockets? What do, but what do seagulls eat? I'm assuming they eat fish. Chips, mainly. No, do, yeah, I think... So is he, has, he, has he got any trout in his pockets? Got a place? <laughs> Some bird's-eye fish fingers? Is, Other is, brands uh, are available? Slightly deranged and carries a selection of raw fish in his pockets. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This man I mean, is to no blame. Uh, it's a possibility, though. Kippers. Maybe <laughs> kippers. Um, the 40-year-old dad has been left with no choice but to swap collection pickups with a fellow colleague in a bid to escape the seagull after believing the wild bird is victimising him on purpose. Is the gull, is the, is the colleague, sorry, who's overtaken the route, is he being dive-bombed or she? No. Fuck no. off. Royal Mail said the incident could have been far more serious and has since taken steps to ensure staff are able to collect mail from uh, all our postal boxes in the area without risk of injury. Because you know um, how you get those signs like in, in post offices and other places like buses where it says, our staff deserve not to be abused. Do you think they've yeah. tried putting up signs for the seagulls? <laughs> no, because they can't in English. Or any other language. <laughs> but it could have been a picture, Rob. It could have been a picture of a seagull dive bombing a post officer with a with a round circle around it and a cross through it. Maybe, yeah, maybe they don't maybe understand they, they that. Understand they, that. No, it's true though. Seagulls can understand pictures. Am I correct? Uh, sure. For the sake of for the sake of the podcast, yes. See, uh, Rob has uh, just clarified. He, Rob believes that seagulls can understand <laughs> and interpret pictures. You're wrong, Rob. You're wrong, and you're an idiot. I, I I'm going to stand you're an by imbecile. that. Point. Well, no, do you know what? If there's a reason this guy has been targeted, there must be something about his person that the seagull is able, able to interpret. And I like to think that it's... No, I don't know. I mean, there must be something. There must be... The seagull is obviously able to target this particular individual. So there's obviously something about it the seagull recognises so in, in order to victimise him. Maybe this person was a gull shagger and the gull took offence. <laughs> maybe. I take I that back. Maybe... That, was, that was speculation for the purposes of comedy. I, I don't, don't mean that. I mean, it might be true. Yeah. Uh, Anything might be true. <laughs> you could have a... I can't see your lower half. Right now, you could have a seagull down there, Rob. For a second now, I did everything really think you were about to say. For all I know, you could have an erection. And that, just that, let me clarify, I don't. But no, for I, all I, I know, you could have an seagulls. erection. There could be a seagull on top of it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that's not the case. I don't find seagulls sexy. Certain birds, yes, but not particularly seagulls. It's true, Rob. Now, when we're Skyping like this, both of us could be naked from the waist down and neither of us would know. That, that brings a whole new dynamic to this. I just want to prove, Rob, I'm... Sta describe, you can see there, Rob, jeans, yeah? Correct, stomach, jeans. You can see there's no... I don't, I don't know why you decided to lift up your shirt. To, to prove that... that the belt, the belt, that I, I, could, I couldn't get the jeans in shot there. I mean, I'm willing to stand up. Yeah, please I mean, do. What's great is that obviously the listeners will basically have to take our, our word for this. Yeah, they will. I, I'm happy to stand up. I'd like, I'd like you to prove that you're going. That I you're have not going. Khaki coloured shorts on, so it may look like I'm. I'm look, hang on. There you see. Oh my god! Are... Oh, you know those are his shorts. Yeah, that's just the way they hang. I think, isn't it? Rob? Yeah, <laughs> they tend to rock up. Nice shorts. Uh, yeah, thank you. So uh, he told the Plymouth Live, whenever I go to the, the railway... I just love it box, if Sarah had walked in at that point and saw you standing up in front of a camera, showing off... <laughs> <laughs> With two laptops in front of me. Yeah, two, like, two so laptops. Yeah, double. The, Rob's double sex camming. Yeah. Uh, whenever I went to the, the railway post box, um, which has been every evening for the last four weeks, he would attack me. He's even chased me around the platform before. One of my other colleagues has to go with me now, and they've not had a problem since. It's ju is it just me? My I asked God. my managers to keep down. Go no, is it, why do you think it's happening? Does it say? Have they got gotten somebody from the RSPCA to explain it? A gull expert. No, no one, no one knows what it is that, uh, that's attracted the seagull to him. It's very, very strange. Um, I asked my managers to come down with me because he thought it might be my red shirt, um, but he was in one too, and the seagull didn't even react to him. He just kept staring at me. <laughs> um, he was it would be terrifying. I think it would be, yeah. If you, it went there, and what I love is it's got a picture of this goal, and you can see the post box, and the goal is literally just 
like on a ledge just above it, just staring down intently. <laughs> like a hawk. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Mm. Um, he was even swinging his keys around and making noises to attract him, but nothing made him react how he does to me. Um, the worker claims he even uh, he wasn't even drawing attention to himself when he approached the red post box at the entrance of the Plymouth train station before um, the goal set upon him. <laughs> I love this quote. He will creep. He will creep up quietly and understated. Every time he would come out of nowhere and dive at me, waving his legs. Luckily, he hasn't harmed me, but I'm worried to go where he is now. The whole experience left the post worker anxious to approach the, the train station at all, as even uh, as each and every time he admits feeling embarrassed at whatever passed by witnesses. Rob, can I add to this, please? This is a story yeah. from the Telegraph to show you this is not new, Rob. 2013, dive-bombing seagulls forced postmen to abandon deliveries. Listen to this, Rob. Okay. Officials at Royal Mail said postmen have been injured by swooping birds who dive-bomb and peck at their heads. It's thought that the gulls are launching their attacks to protect nests and are being relied by the po- and are being triggered by the postal workers' brightly coloured uniforms. Royal Mail has now ruled the gulls are a health and safety risk and have told residents to collect their letters from a nearby post office. But homeowners say they've had to put up with the aggressive seagulls for years and want mail staff to, in quotes, man up and start delivering their mail again. I can understand that because it, I mean, it, may, not, it may be a... a, a, a Maybe the, the seagull is protecting a nest. That makes perfect sense. But, I mean, I've seen some fucking big seagulls, I must admit. And, yeah, it's all well and good being told to man up. But I would not like to be uh, died by, by a seagull who is, quote, waving his legs around. But also, why why just this man? What's really interesting, Rob, is, as you know, raw male postman bullied by violent seagull that has vendetta against only him, the headline. No national news outlet, Rob, has picked up this story from the Plymouth Herald. Uh, this is brilliant because what's unusual about this is it's one man being yeah. targeted. And I'm surprised that the, the, the sun, the star, you would have thought they'd be down there by now interviewing him. Rob. Can I start saying add one thing, which I, I hadn't spotted before. So seagulls are a protected species. The maximum penalty, if found guilty of killing a seagull is, is six months in prison or a 5,000 pound fine. Why? Why are they protected? Uh, why doesn't say it says under license to take injure kill any wild birds or interfere with their nests so because it's a wild bird basically so you're saying i can't i can't as a citizen of this country hang on they're protected under the wildlife and countryside act yeah it's yeah you cannot you can't do it. i what is it legal is it legal to attack a seagull bbc news what is, no <laughs> no um ah oh, here we go why are they a protected species Uh, oh, oh, I can't be bothered to read it. it I think it's just what they're just, they're just also protected. Also protected in North America, Rob, by the International Migratory Bird Treaty. <laughs> um, can I right? Okay, fucking birds got more rights than I have. So you're telling me that as a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen, I'm meant to, meant to be living in a free democracy. Yeah, I'm not entitled to go out and kill a seagull if I want to. Do you know what I blame, Rob? The European Union. Yeah, well, Alex, that's not going to be a concern for much longer. No, yeah, well, that's true. But that, that amount of votes they got, they could have got even more if Boris and the like had come out and said, when we leave, you will finally again be able to go and kill sea, seagulls. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Because also, yeah, okay, here's a question then. This postman, would he have been within his rights under the law when this thing dive-bombed him to kill it? A bit like, uh, you know, like if you if you hurt or injure somebody who tries to burgle your house. I think he's within his right to strangle the bird to death. <laughs> um, possibly, yeah. I mean, I think he could claim self-defence. Um, it sounds like uh, he made no effort. I think this man is generally terrified of the seagull. Yeah, he's beaten down, Rob. He is. And uh, in one, co- I mean, one comment he makes, he just says, uh, last time the tax drivers were laughing at me and it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> right. I imagine, I don't know why, I imagine he's quite a short man, um, a, a lot like myself. And, and uh, you know, he's being victimised by this really quite small seagull and everyone is basically just laughing at him. Yeah, possibly. I, I mean, it's good that he's been... His, pride, his pride's damaged, that's the, all it is. The thing is, is that if on his new route, something else happens, like he's continually attacked by one dog or maybe it's another bird, maybe a chaffinch, um, yeah, then, sparrow, yeah. then we have to conclude it's something to do with him. Yeah, that's fair enough. And yeah. stop blaming the animals. 
Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, Rob, assuming there are no comments of any note? Uh, no, fortunately not. Then thank you for that story, Helen. Always appreciate it. Helen always sends great stories. All of our listeners send us great stories, right, Rob? And Absolutely. We look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 243, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like... A man who is trying to sneak under the cover of darkness into his neighbour's garden to slash his swimming pool. I like that. I like that. Or like a hedgehog walking very slowly into the soft play area of a of a McDonald's. Because don't hedgehogs move very slowly, or am I making that up? Yeah, I, do you know what? I'm thinking about that. that. They do move very slowly, but I'm just concerned that, you know, this hedgehog may, may have been like in a ball pool. He would have, I mean, surprised he didn't get squashed. Anyway, yeah. that's part of the problem. Well, he lives to fight another day, Rob. Yeah. Um, just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode 243. You can go to our website, lapodcast.net. It's a wonderful website. It's lapodcast.net. And the reason it's wonderful is if you go there right now, there will be 243 episodes that you can download for free, which is absolutely insane, Rob. But of course, and also, if you want to donate, if you've got some money, you want to give it away to a good cause, because this podcast surely is a good cause. I need to just remind listeners, we do not use this money to just spend on shit. We Any money you donate to us goes into the podcast, because we have to pay monthly fees for the hosting website. We need to pay you know, the tech side of things. We need... When we do this over Skype, in fact, Rob, you're going to need another mic. All of these things, they cost money. So any donations, big or small, will be largely, uh, largely, will be largely welcomed. Will be appreciated. No, they'll be basically. fully welcomed. They won't be largely. That implies there'll be part of us that welcomes it and part of us which begrudges it. That wouldn't be true at all. We will, we will <laughs> fully embrace your donation. I'm going to shut up now, Rob, um, about that. We can be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA podcast. Rob posts on Twitter regularly at LA podcast. If you go to your uh, podcast app on your iDevice, your Apple device, like your iPhone or your Android device, whatever podcast app you use, you will find us there. If you are using the podcast app on the iPhone or iPad or whatever, can you please, 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 please leave us a review? It really does make a big difference and we'd really appreciate it. Um, Rob, at the moment, I I really want to put the music over you for that one moment of um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Because Rob... (laughs) Rob drifted off. He's like, you know, when somebody's eyes just stare off into the distance and they're in that deeply contemplative mode. You did that for about 30 seconds there, Rob. I do it a lot, Alan. Yeah, must admit. Yeah. Usually I'm talking to you. Yeah. Well, that was not needed, was it? I'll let listeners be the judge of whether that was unnecessarily cruel or not. Um, <laughs> and if you go to YouTube, of course, do it now just to check. YouTube.com. Go there and stick into the search bar lapodcast.net. And you will get our logo come up, top hit there. And yep, yep. We're on over over 10,000 views on one of those stories now there. But yeah, go to it. Take a look at the the videos there, which are some old classic stories that we enjoyed. And yeah, we hope you enjoy those. And we will be back next week again for another full-fledged episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Rob, you got anything to say before we leave this episode behind? Enjoy the weather. Right. Is that it? No. Well, uh... Merry Christmas. Rob, take the seagull off your cock, for God's sake. Enjoys it. Yeah, put it back in the freezer. (laughs) I feel bad saying this now, but God bless. And keep it local.